If you're waiting to buy real estate when prices are gonna fall by 30 or 40%, you might be disappointed in 2023. In this video, I'm gonna share with you what a couple of analysts, as well as some banks are coming out and suggesting, as well as CoreLogic, who suggests that maybe prices are gonna bottom in Q1 of 2023. If you're interested, keep watching. Hey guys, my name's Ravi and welcome back to Personal Finance with Ravi Sharma. If you're new here, smash that subscribe button because I talk about real estate, cryptocurrency and financial freedom. Now, only a few weeks ago, did we have CoreLogic come out and suggest that maybe Q1 of 2023 is the bottom of this market. When I refer to the bottom of this market, it's pretty much the average price for Australia nationally. So they've come out and suggested, hey, maybe that is the bottom and we're gonna see it in 2023. If we take a look at how much the prices have actually fallen to date, Sydney's at pretty much 11.1% as a recording this video. So that's very different to the 30 or 40% that was being suggested by plenty of people online. And so then the question comes around, well, if interest rates continue moving up, then surely we're going to see that market move even further down. However, the data has now started updating. And as we've always said on this channel, data is a lagging indicator. So what they're doing is they're looking at data from three months ago, which is about the time that I started saying that, hey, maybe we should start looking actively at buying property. Now, it doesn't matter what interest rates do. There is always at least one one property market across Australia that is actually growing. And that is what we've experienced through all of the clients in our buyer's agency. In fact, 100% of the properties we've purchased this year in 2022, a year that had so many aggressive rate hikes, 100% of them have come in with a higher bank valuation than when we purchased them. And that should give you a lot of confidence enough to smash that like button. Now, before diving into the stats and the numbers, there are a couple of factors that we need to consider when we're looking at prices at the moment, what they've been doing, and how we can predict what's gonna come in the next three or six months. Now, wage growth is a big factor. Interest rates are also a big factor. Incoming immigration and the new supply of homes. Wage growth is fairly obvious. If more people have more money, then of course they're gonna be able to spend and that allows them to borrow more. However, it's got an inverse relationship when you start looking at interest rates because as the interest rates go up, your borrowing power goes down. However, what we can see is that we're probably at the end of this rate hike cycle. The best way to think about it is to actually go and see if we've increased our rate from 0.1% all the way up to 2.85 or 3% and we didn't really expect the market to do that and we've seen prices come down by only about 10 or 15%, then what's going to push the market further by another 25% or another 10 or 15%? And that's the question you've got to ask yourself. Now, you and I both are sitting here thinking if prices do come down by another 20%, that's fantastic because I can then buy. And that comes from a place of hope. It's emotion. And when you start putting the emotion aside and- Don't worry, I'm guilty of this too. Is when you actually go and put the emotion aside and look at this purely logically, you've got to expect that people can't afford to purchase property anymore. And that is why we're going to have no demand in prices until the prices drop by 20 or 30%. And the reality of that playing out could have happened in 2022. In fact, it could have happened in 2020, which is when we had mass uncertainty, mass fear, and people were literally staying at home. And some people weren't even eligible to get some of those government grants that caused you to stay at home. But instead that year, we still saw growth. 2021 was absolutely absurd and people made so much money. Now in 2022, with rates having aggressively moved up so quickly, we still haven't seen this 30 or 40% drop that we had been promised. Now the latest unemployment data that came out suggested that we've actually improved our position going from a low of 3.5% all the way down to a 3.4%. Now I would go on to argue that the underutilization number is more important, but at top line, 
fine numbers, we've actually gone and improved our positions. We're gonna really see a drawdown of prices if we start seeing people lose their jobs. We're clearly not seeing that. Now, Deutsche Bank has come out and suggested that housing declines will bottom out in June of next year, being 2023, with an average year-on-year -year fall across capital cities of about 15%. They did go on to say that markets will improve when it comes to housing prices, especially with the wage increases that we're seeing, and then the possibility of interest rates being cut in 2023. When you go on to look at housing affordability, that's always been a concern here in Australia. But if you start looking at the comparison between now and what it felt like over the last 20, 30, even 40 years, you've got to think that maybe it's worse now than it was back then. Let's find out. Housing affordability has worsened as a result of the RBA's seventh interest rate increase that lifted the benchmark from 0.1% to 2.85%, making a 22% cut in purchasing power. And of course, this is gonna play a big part when you're looking at housing affordability for you and I. Even so, although housing could be described as unaffordable in Australia, it was more affordable than in the past periods, notably in January 1990, where interest rates actually went up to 17.5%. Now, granted, we had a lot less debt in our systems back then than we do today, but you need to understand this is not being felt across the board. As I said, there's markets within markets. Some people are now enjoying the fruits of their labor by having purchased in 2022, got a bunch of equity, now they're going on holiday with that money or they're building further positions. Contrast that if you purchased in a really expensive suburb because it was blue chip, you've probably seen a decline of about 22%. Salary increases have also been reported in Australia's private sector as pay rise rose to 4.3% and the growth will continue into the new year, which will offset the further effect of interest rates. Now I did a video on this channel around my interest rate predictions month by month over the next couple of months. So you can definitely go check out that video over here. And I go on to suggest in 2023, we will definitely have our first rate cuts. And when it comes to real estate, we need to know that it's about supply and demand, which I've been talking about for like the last three years. But what we need to go further into is understanding where the demand's coming from. Now, granted, yes, what I'm about to show you is around people that are gonna focus more on renting first. However, a lot of those people that are renting will then convert overall into being buyers as well. And we're starting to see that, especially with the data coming out from PropTrack suggesting that most people are coming into the country are looking at renting first. However, we have a problem here. We already have a rental crisis and we don't even have overseas migration at levels that we've seen previously. What you can see in this chart is the overseas arrivals of workers and students by visa category and all visas. Essentially what this graph is showing you is that we had really high levels in 2019 and 2020 before we had the pandemic. Then it was pretty much non-existent. But what we're seeing is a rapid incline in how many visas are being approved for people to come through. It's increasing the migration caps, which means more people are coming in to Australia. The key takeaway from this graph is that we're pretty much only at 50% levels of what we saw in 2019 when we saw peak visas and migration. So this suggests that this is only going to get worse when it comes to the rental crisis in Australia. So as an investor, you're looking at these interest rates increasing as a short-term effect on your cash flow, because what's going to follow is the rental demands really going to start pushing up those rental prices and therefore your yield improves. And therefore you start having a situation where investors become really attractive to housing. And in this graph, you've got a year on year change in buy and rent searches from overseas property seekers. So October 21 compared to October 2022. In the red, you've got the buy and in the aqua, it's going to be the renting. What you can see is across the board, it's likely that more people are interested in renting apart from the people that are coming from the US who really want to buy here. The point I'm trying to make is that from a rental perspective, it's about to get a whole lot worse. And when you start thinking about the housing market bottoming and prices are going to collapse and they're all going down, you've got to always factor in the cash flow element 
government. And when you're looking at interest rates, you need to look at the opposite, which is yes, housing affordability is a concern. And yes, a lot of investors have lost their borrowing capacities. However, as the banks start opening up their liquidity taps and they start getting rid of shading of like rental income. And what that basically means for a side note is that if you have an investment and you have rental income that's coming through, let's say it's $15,000 a year. What the bank is doing when they're assessing your loans and the servicing is they're not taking 100% of that. In some cases, they take 90%, they take 80%, or in some cases, even 70%. That means that even though your property is being positively geared, you might find that in the bank's eyes, you're actually in negative cash flow territory, which is stopping you from continuing to build your positions. This is a very important factor when you're considering which bank to go to. And that's why I opt to go for a broker who's able to go and do that hard work for me. I've seen situations where a client's come to me and said, we've bought two properties, but I can't get the funding for the third. When they've gone and spoken to a broker, they've realized they may not have been able to get a loan from their current bank, but three or four other lenders, because of how their policies work in the back end, when they're assessing servicing, they were actually able to pass servicing and able to purchase another property. Now, this graph is probably my favorite, and I've got this from Trading Economics, one of my favorite websites that I visit daily. And what this essentially is, is a price index from CoreLogic month on month. So what this effectively means, this is capturing the pricing index across Australia. And essentially every time it's gone into this caramel color, it means that that month was a decline. And then every time it went to a blue color, that is a month on month increase in terms of prices. So although you see the peak in 2021 at about 2.9%, that's every single month. And that's when you start annualizing things, it would work out to be 2.9% times 12. It's looking closer to about 30 or 40%. Now, what I want you to take away from this graph is when you start looking at say 2018, 2019, you saw a big long drawn out process of prices coming down or stabilizing. And we were correcting at that time due to APRA coming in and making some banking changes. Then what we had is in late 2019, we started seeing a bit of that confidence come back only to have it shattered when the pandemic came around. And then we had a short drop off followed by what would look like one of the biggest booms in Australian pricing history. What we're seeing now in late 2022 with all those interest rates coming in, we've started seeing the decline. But what we've seen is the decline accelerating up until only a couple of months ago. And what we've seen in the last three months is that the rate of decline is slowing. And this is very important because you can go back to the data in 2020 and you can go back into 2019. What you can see is once the pace of the decline slow down, it continues that way until we eventually go into a period where the prices start going up. Could this mean that we have further to drop? Of course it does. But at the rate that we drop is very important and it's going to slow down. It's already slowing down for the last three months. This coincides with the interest rates not increasing as much as they are. You've also got other people that are making a shitload of money in different markets. And so the confidence is being built. This market is not the same as what it was over the last couple of years where everything just grew. What we're getting back to is a normalized market where some markets will grow more than others while others decline. This is where you need to sharpen up your tools because if you are looking at investing, you might be buying a dud property versus a property that could get you six or 7% returns on leveraged money. I honestly believe that most people will miss out over the next 12 months to purchase the right real estate. If you've been priced out with say your borrowing capacity maxed because now interest rates have gone up, unfortunately, you're probably out of the market for the next 12 to 15 months. What you need to focus on now is getting the right strategy in place. But if you're someone that can borrow today and with interest rates probably topping out in December and there's no further increases in my opinion, with a potential cut in 2023, this is the time where you start taking action. If you need the help, there's a pinned comment where you're gonna find my email, email me if you need to move at speed. That's your biggest advantage now is you getting into the market before the mass majority get in and that's when the FOMO buying continues. I hope you guys have enjoyed this video and understood the logic behind what we're looking at in terms of numbers and cents and how we're looking at this market, not just by someone coming out on the media saying 30 to 40% drops are definitely possible. In my opinion, we're gonna top out around that 15% in somewhere like Sydney and nationally, we're probably at 10 to 15%. We're still buying actively in this market, not only for clients, but for myself 
itself, we're still picking up properties that are still going to yield a return of at least six to seven percent over the next six to 12 months, which is very exciting because you've positioned yourself to be ahead of the herd before the real mass buying starts again. If you guys have enjoyed this video, smash that like button. If you've learned something, share it with someone and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks guys.